0: Burnout is a a risk for highly sensitive people. This is why I I feel so passionately about working with highly sensitive people because I can see in hindsight that I could have avoided those things.
1: That was Beatrice Zornik, an experienced career coach and coaching supervisor who specializes in working with highly sensitive people or HSPs. Today, she explores the traits that many HSPs share, how to manage self-care and energy as a HSP, and why working with a coach could be hugely beneficial. But before we begin today's episode, I would love to encourage you to head over to Happiful.com. We've recently bought all of Happiful's offerings together under one roof. So now you can read articles, find out more about this podcast, subscribe to receive a free copy of the magazine in your inbox and find the right therapist for you all in one place. Simply visit Happiful.com to find out more. Back to today's episode. This is I am, I have, how it helps from Happiful. I'm producer and host Lucy Donahue, and here's our conversation about highly sensitive people and careers. Today's guest is the wonderful Beatrice Zornick, a deeply experienced career coach and coaching supervisor who specializes in working with highly sensitive people. Welcome, Beatrice. Hi, Lucy. Nice to see you. Nice to see you too. And thank you for coming on today to talk about this subject. Now, when I am, I have, we always ask our professionals to introduce themselves first and tell us a bit about themselves and why they do what they do. So, In your own words, what should people know about you?
0: I'm a career coach. I work with highly sensitive professionals. I'm, like you said, I'm also a supervisor. So I support coaches, uh, in particular, highly sensitive coaches to develop their skills and reflect on their practice so they can do uh, more impactful work. And why do I do what I do? I've always been interested in psychology. I have a degree in psychology as well, and I feel that my career has sort of led me to this uh, path of um, which feels very meaningful and purposeful to be doing this work um, and I got to it through a um, journey of ad- adversity <laughs> perhaps uh, we'll get the opportunity to talk a bit about that so yeah and I'm, I'm really really happy to be speaking about the trait of HSP or highly sensitive uh, person with you and I'm glad that you're creating awareness about this trait on your podcast
1: Well thank you and thank you for joining us and some people listening to this podcast might not have heard of highly sensitive person or highly sensitive people or HSP so can we start off with your definition of HSP for them? So I might start with the the official
0: definition and then I can share my own experience, like what is the lived experience? What does it mean to be a highly sensitive person in practice? So the term was coined by Dr. Elaine Aron, who has done some really beautiful research over the last 20 years or so on this trait. And she describes it with a very simple acronym, which is D-O-E-S. So D stands for depth of processing. O stands for overstimulation. E for empathy and S for sensing the subtle. Um, and we can delve a bit deeper into these uh, these traits and they're quite obvious when you when you when you name them it's quite oh yeah I can I can see that but when we talk about highly sensitive people when you meet a person like this you will usually recognize someone who is very conscientious really reliable and dependable when it comes to work for example uh, we give a lot to the work we do it was interesting Elaine Aaron had a Uh, did a piece of uh, research in organizations and it showed that highly sensitive people tend to be highest performers in organizations but also they score they tend to score lowest on job satisfaction which is um, really interesting and that that could be something that we we explore a bit more there are also people who are deeply caring in terms of personality types or myers-briggs they tend to be more nf or intuitive feeling types Uh, but any personality type can be can be also highly sensitive person yeah so very caring very empathic and very able to notice the the emotions or the energy in a room so they're highly attuned. To their environment whether it's from a sensory perspective so lights that flicker or you know I know when my when my partner's son is here he'll have like a video playing on Instagram and the football is on TV and they're talking at the same time and I'm like oh my god I'm getting so overwhelmed yeah and I think just having the awareness of what it means to be a highly sensitive person is already a, a huge step towards living a life that is true to who you
1: are That's a fantastic description. And as you were saying that I could imagine how that might impact someone on a day-to-day basis and you are a highly sensitive person yourself, which is how you came to, to start to work in this area. You've mentioned the lived experience of being a HSP. I wondered if you could share a bit from your perspective, how that plays out for you.
0: I think because we are so in tune with our environment and with other people, We can very easily become overstimulated. We were talking about the DOES uh, acronym. We can easily become overstimulated. And this is a neurodiverse trait. So our brains are wired differently, we function differently biologically uh, as HSPs. All of this information in our environment and in our surroundings can sometimes can sometimes become too much to process. And because we're very deeply caring individuals, we can also risk becoming very taking care of other people. And these are some things that just in a way, attach themselves to being a highly sensitive person. And very often um, HSPs can be quite self-critical, can become perfectionists, can be very good at extending compassion and nurturing care towards other people and less so towards ourselves. So um, these have definitely been part of my my own experience in my own journey with being an HSP. And, you know, there's one thing that kind of bothers me when people, when educators speak about HSP, and I think it's great that we're raising awareness about the trait. but we also talk about, you know, being self-critical, being perfectionist and all these things. These aren't things that define HSP. So I just want to kind of separate the two. Being HSP is something you are born with and you will always be a highly sensitive person. But being um, self-critical or being a perfectionist or becoming overwhelmed or overstimulated, these are things that uh, sort of very easily attach themselves to the fact that we are HSP. Um, but they're not part of the HSP trade. They are things that we can work on and heal and overcome. Um, so if you are an HSP and you are a perfectionist, or you are self-critical don't wear that as a almost like a badge of honor or a, a, you know a sentence that you have to carry for the rest of your life because the, there are definitely things that you can do to work on those aspects
1: that's fantastic and uh, especially with coaching i mean obviously you'll come on to this but but the fact that you can work on those aspects or those traits i think is really important to say in terms of the the struggles, and we're going to talk today not only about some of the difficulties, but we are going to talk about some of the strengths and addressing this in the workplace. So anybody listening, I don't I don't want you to feel like this is going to be a negative conversation about HSP, yeah. but but we want to have a broad conversation about HSP. So. You've talked about perhaps perfectionism, what I interpreted as a kind of people-pleasing, maybe looking after other people first and maybe sacrificing your own needs. What other common struggles do you think people who are HSP might have?
0: Yeah, so... Definitely, the the things I mentioned, such as perfectionism or you know uh, caring about other people, but how does this show up in a um, in a work environment, for example? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I think in a way we are we make. Um, great employees because we are so conscientious because we care so deeply about the work we do because we care about the other people and building harmonious relationships and there is a a really beautiful quote that uh, stayed with me it's from uh, Catherine Sandler and she says a weakness is a strength taken too far so a weakness is a strength taken too far so all of these things are what makes us unique their their strengths that clearly benefit us in the work that we do Um, we have so much to offer you know our empathy especially in a society that you know perhaps lacks a bit of empathy um, I think we we bring a lot of value and there is significant impact that we can make as highly sensitive people. Um, and also these strengths can also um, tip over into uh, becoming a weakness when, when they're taken too far. Um, so I'd say the it's not that there are things that are good and the things that are bad or, you know, um, strengths and struggles, they're all part of the same thing. So then the question doesn't become how do I lean into the strengths and avoid the weaknesses but how do I work with who I am as a person in such a way that I can stay within my area of strength without tipping into those I don't even want to call them weaknesses because they're not weaknesses but when we take them too far we risk um, sacrificing perhaps our well-being Um, so we we just need to be very mindful of that.
1: I love the way you just explained that and the the avoiding categorizing parts of ourselves to strengths and weaknesses and moving towards one and moving away from another and actually looking at our whole self and trying to achieve that balance i guess or that awareness of what can work for us and what can work against us rather than moving continually away from what we deem to be the 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 worst parts of ourselves. thank you for that explanation How can we begin to address some of the intricacies of being a HSP that aren't working for us? So rather than saying the weaknesses, or perhaps how can we address some of the things that we might struggle with?
0: First of all, because of the way our brains are wired, I would say, I wouldn't necessarily say that we're not designed to work in nine to five jobs, but I will say that it's a less of a natural environment for the way that we are wired. And if we do work in a nine to five, as most of us or most people do, we do need to be extra mindful of the impact that this has on us and you know if you think about it as a society until like what, 100 years ago, we never used to have these office jobs, especially sitting in front of a computer, right? This is very recent. And we spend all of our time connected to our phones, our devices or our screens. You know, humans have a history of thousands and thousands of years where um, that's never really been the case. And even when people were working hard, you know, in the fields, for example, or uh, in agriculture or farming, they were much more connected to nature. They were much more connected connected to themselves as humans, there was much more connection between people. So I'd say in general, as a society, we live in an environment that is a bit unnatural for the way we have been, our brains have been wired. And especially for us as HSPs, um, this is uh, particularly difficult because again, and this is one Uh, one strength that can become a difficulty the overstimulation we are wired to process things more deeply this is why the information that we take in from our environment we process at a much deeper level which means that we need a lot more time for that processing to take place and some people might think oh well this is a weakness why do I need so much extra time to process uh, all the information but actually this is what makes us this is where the the real wisdom comes for HSPs because the more the more you give yourself time to process more deeply this is where you integrate information and this is where your wisdom comes from and this is how you become more able to speak from the heart to be able to really make an impact, to do meaningful work. And you can only do this by allowing the space and time to integrate, to allow things to settle inside you, to find that stillness inside you.
1: You know, what I loved about that answer is it made me think about people who are HSP looking around them and wondering why they can't uh, process in the same way as other people when when we see so many people you know if you think about commuting and day-to-day why for you perhaps that might feel really overwhelming whereas seemingly to other people it seems normal in your coaching Do you have a lot of conversations about that comparison and actually honoring yourself and knowing yourself rather than trying to keep up with what you believe is a a version of, and I'm doing quotation marks, normal?
0: Thank you for that question. And actually, for um, listeners who did, who who didn't hear the the first part of our conversation before we started recording, I was um, um, saying to Lucy that I woke up this morning just feeling a little bit. I just felt that there was a a part of me a bit activated, and I just felt a bit emotional, and that part felt a bit fragile and in that moment i started thinking oh but i'm i'm recording this podcast i should be more upbeat and i need to come across as knowledgeable and um and in that moment i just spent a moment of reflection and i i realized what am i doing i'm What I'm doing is fighting against what is present and what is me. And I'm trying to be something else, to feel something else, to be different. And I think this is a great example because even those of us who work in this field aren't immune to these things. And this is obviously why coaches also need coaches or, you know, therapy or... But I think because society is... Designed with all these um, injunctions about how we should function and what is normal, like you said, um, with air quotes here, we can very easily deny our own experience and tell ourselves that we should be feeling or be uh, different. So I think that when it comes to starting to address these things as a highly sensitive person, the key thing is to start to get to know who we actually are. Because I have spent a a very long time in my career as many other HSPs trying to be someone that I wasn't and trying to deny that I was sensitive and trying to overcome and compensate for my what I perceive I perceived as weaknesses in order to be more in line with other people and unfortunately, for me, this was a very difficult lesson in my career, because I I reached a very high degree of success in my career. And I was really proud of the work I was doing. But I was working hard, I was denying who I was as a person, and I ended up burning out. And burnout is a, a risk for highly sensitive people. This is why I, I feel so passionately about working with highly sensitive people, because I can see in hindsight that I could have avoided those things. And the, the first step in avoiding these things is really getting to know who we are. Because even though there are things that, all HSPs have in common we need to take into account the individual how does this trait show up for you in your unique situation because some HSPs might be parents and working in a you know a, an executive uh, job in a, an engineering field whereas others might be artists or creatives and each each person is uh, very different so it's important to look at how does this manifest for you and what are your um, unique struggles but also what are your unique strengths which are, are, are linked as we were talking about before and the first step is really to get to know ourselves on a much deeper level and to allow those parts to exist because they already exist but we are trying to overcome them or compensate for them and it's for me personally, it's been such a beautiful journey to really get to know myself. It's also been difficult to understand that I don't feel that I am personally wired to work a nine to five job. Um, And that has been a very, very, very difficult to admission for me. But once I realized that and I was able to accept that, I was able to design my life in a way that works with my trait rather than against my trait.
1: I really like that concept of designing your life that works with your traits, rather than trying to fit yourself into something as we talked about and denying that part of yourself. And you mentioned burnout there, which is again, something that we see people searching for a lot. And I wondered if we could talk a little bit about achieving a positive work-life balance, which you've just touched upon, and the avoidance of burnout with the knowledge that everybody is very different. So what works for one person won't work for another. But what would you say as a HSP you need to consider when it comes to that work-life balance and Mm -hmm. avoiding the dreaded burnout?
0: I think definitely the first step is to start to look after ourselves And I think in the early stages, when we start to do that, we think, what does a self-care plan look like for me? And this might include, you know, having space to read a book or, you know, having space for meditation or listening to music or walking in nature. Many HSPs feel uh, very connected uh, to nature and uh, can recharge when they're in nature. And also, these tend to be things that are more function more at the symptom level so if we're overstimulated spending some time in nature can be hugely beneficial Uh, or just having time for rest you know closing down the shutters and staying in a dark room cozied up on the on the sofa with the with a blanket and then there are much deeper things that we can be doing because it's one thing to constantly have to address symptoms and by symptoms i mean tiredness exhaustion you know perhaps um uh when it comes to thinking there can be a lot of rumination overthinking because we think deeply the shadow side of that can be overthinking and then we spend a lot of time you know with many many thoughts in our brains so then having moments of disconnection and pause and stillness can be really valuable but then working at the deeper level it's about looking at well why does this happen in the first place because just because you're hsp yes you are more sensitive to your environment but that doesn't mean that you constantly get stuck with everything that's happening in your environment then you're left to process to process other people's stress other people's bad days um, environments that are uh, overstimulating from a sensory perspective so it's about looking at what does my life more holistically look like where do I need to set boundaries in my relationships where do I need to set boundaries in terms of my working hours Uh, where do I need to set boundaries with myself because sometimes you know when we're so conscientious and so driven to do uh, good work can have an impact sometimes we can do a bit too much of that and getting to know ourselves sometimes means recognizing when we need to put to set those boundaries
1: absolutely and as you said taking that time if you're HSP and you are conscientious or perhaps you do have that perfectionism trait and you are likely to carry on working Rather than take the rest that you need, I think that's one of the things that contributes massively towards burnout is that that almost need to continue to the point that you do enough for you and actually allowing yourself to rest. And rest is a conversation we have a lot because there can sometimes be a bit of a reticence for people to rest. Is that something you see with your clients?
0: In different ways, perhaps rest, self-care in general. And it's very difficult, especially for, you know, um, the trait of HSP is equally divided between men and women. Uh, but I think women in general tend to be more in touch with it and more willing to go. Okay, I think I am a highly sensitive person. And in general, in society, we're just taught to be caring, to be selfless, to be to to care for others. So it almost goes against what everything that we learn that we put ourselves first because that feels selfish, right? And that that's not right. I don't want to be selfish but often I, I talk about it almost as a spectrum right on one end you have being selfless being compassionate being kind and on another hand you might have being completely unempathetic uncaring selfish arrogant and all of that and what happens is that we're we're more on, on this end on the you know uh, selfless and compassionate uh, but we take this a step further when it tips over into to something else so then the work that we need to do isn't to um, to go to the opposite side but really to um, to bring it more into a healthy range where we can look after ourselves and after other people or after the responsibilities we have and often this is this is work that is a process and takes time because it's about removing layers and layers of conditioning and things that we've learned that we should be or how we should behave and that takes time to become aware of it and also to accept that.
1: I can imagine that can take quite a bit of time and also you just talked about the fact that there's a And even split between men and women, but perhaps women are more open to realizing that they are HSP. Before we move on to how working with a coach can be helpful, what would you say is the best thing if someone's listening to this and thinks that they identify with a lot of the things we've talked about today, what's the best step for them to talk to someone to really ascertain whether this is something they should be thinking about from a personal perspective?
0: the people that come to me to coaching are often in a moment of maybe not crisis, uh, but often at at a point of a, a crossroads in their lives. And they've spent time trying to figure out what to do, which way to go. And they can't figure this out on their own. And this is where they come for support. But certainly, because we're not really wired to seek support and to look after ourselves, we might wait until it's um, until things have taken a toll on our well-being to seek support. So really just reflecting on our own mindset can be really valuable. Do I put myself first to enough an extent that I don't wait until my well-being is uh, really deeply affected to seek Um, support and sometimes because highly sensitive people are also really passionate about self development and growing and becoming more self-aware I'm very fortunate to say that uh, many people who do work with me aren't at that stage and um, just come because they want to develop and not because they're in a moment of crisis and that's really heartening for me to see that we take these proactive steps and we we recognize okay I am a highly sensitive person. And there are all these things that we've talked about on this podcast that HSPs tend to have in common, but what does it mean for me? And how can I make the HSP trait work for me personally in the work I do, in the life I have, um, so that I can become Uh, better connected with myself and more self-aware and um, take uh, preventive steps to to develop as a person and there are lots of resources where people can learn more about this trait a couple of them obviously elaine aaron's highly sensitive person book there's also a beautiful blog called the highly sensitive refuge and these are all more generic things that can help hsps but If you want to work with yourself to understand yourself as a person and how you can work with your trait in your unique circumstances, then I'd really recommend working with someone on a one-to-one basis where you can get to know yourself in a much more intimate and much deeper way.
1: That's beautiful and such a gift for yourself to have that time like you said quite often HSPs won't necessarily put themselves first and to be proactive uh, and really look at how you can move throughout your career and acknowledging your whole self within that career I think is is a blessing to finish the podcast let's talk a bit about you as a career coach with HSPs because I can hear from everything you said that you are so passionate about this And you said earlier that your point that you've reached now came from a a career in which you had quite a lot of adversity. So what does it mean for you being a career coach specializing in HSP with the experience that you've had in your life? I've always
0: really been passionate about business and career, my own career, but also uh, working in HR and in recruitment. I got to to care about other people's careers as well. I just knew right away that I wanted to support people in their careers. It's really meaningful for me to be able to continue to use the experience I have around uh, career and corporate environments, but also to work with other people like myself I don't think there is enough awareness about the trait of HSP. And because especially work environments, you know, many of them are open plan offices. And luckily now we can work a lot more from home. Um, how do we function in environments that aren't designed for highly sensitive persons? So I know that I've suffered because of that and because this journey is close to my heart, you know, I've done a lot of work around this myself. So I feel enough detachment to be able to support other people without getting pulled into the difficulty myself. But at the same time, it's close enough to my heart and my own journey to feel really passionate about uh, being able to to support others to, to perhaps prevent the things that I've gone through by, by building that self-awareness and understanding themselves on a much deeper level.
1: I've really enjoyed speaking with you today and i think i understand a lot more about hsp and, and my major takeaway i think is to to not look at at strengths and struggles but instead look at our whole self and, and how we move between our traits and just really embracing who we are and not comparing with other people all the time. So I really thank you for that. And before we go, please, could you share where people can find you? You have a wonderful website uh, if they want to hear more about your work.
0: Thank you. Yeah. I'd love to connect with people on LinkedIn. I share thoughts and ideas and things that I'm passionate about. Perhaps uh, some of your listeners will be interested in that. And my website, BeatriceZornek.com, where they can read more about me. And I also have a couple of uh, free ebooks that people can um, download and perhaps they will be supportive resources for them.
1: That's wonderful. And we'll make sure that all of that information is in the show notes and the accompanying article as well. Beatrice, thank you. I really appreciate it.
0: Thank you. It's been so lovely to speak to you.
1: Thank you so much for listening to I Am, I Have. Don't forget to head across to Happiful.com for more great mental health and well being conversations, and to also search for career coaches. And if it's mental health support you're looking for, you'll also find more information on our site. This includes links to counselling directory and also to charities. And if you need immediate help, you can call the Samaritans on 116 123 or email joe at samaritans.org 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and you do not have to be in crisis to receive their support. Help is available. I'm Lucy Donoghue, the producer and host of this podcast. I really hope you'll listen again soon.